morning. I'm Pastor Nick. Welcome to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We hope today's message will be a help to you. May God bless you. It is our joy for these revival services to have Reverend Dr. Elmer Chillat as our speaker. He is the minister of the Church of the Nazarene in Brooklyn, New York, and he has pastored there for 30 years, and we're so grateful to have him. This is actually his third visit to us here at Rosewood Church for revival services, and uh, we thank the Lord for him, and we're delighted that his son David is with him as well. Would you once again welcome Reverend Dr. Gillette. the church say amen. amen amen the lord bless you all real real good tonight amen it's so good to be with you again and your your beloved pastor nick amen and his his wife cindy we are so grateful for them for the work that is being done here and for these very able helpers ministers um the reverend dr lisa Atar O'Shea. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Bibles. Um, she read earlier, but I just want to read a couple of verses of 1 Kings 17, um, verses 15 and 16. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elisha, the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence here. We say surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your awesome might, for what you're doing, that you would come and tabernacle amongst us and, and minister healing and deliverance and blessings to your people. Lord, we know when you come, supernatural things happen amongst God's people. And we pray, God, tonight that you'd revive us once again. Thank you for your promises that when your people call upon you, they will hear from heaven, forgive the, you'll forgive their sins and heal your land. Thank you, God, for the faithfulness of your word tonight. We pray in Jesus' name and God's people say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. When my faith is being tested, I want you to know that the title deed of our lives and the entire universe is in God's name. Your house, God owns everything. God owns everything that you have tonight. Did you realize that? He holds all the rights of ownership. Everything we have comes from God. The Bible is clear. He owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all who live in it. 
In response to this divine claim, Abraham Kuyper, former prime minister of the Netherlands at the turn of the 20th century proclaimed, and I quote, there is not one square millimeter of this entire creation about which Jesus does not cry out, this is mine, it belongs to me. Although God gives us all things, richly to enjoy, nothing is ours. Nothing really belongs to us. God owns everything. We are responsible for how we treat it and for what we do with it. While we complain about our rights here on earth, the Bible constantly asks, what about your responsibilities? Owners have rights. Stewards have responsibilities. God is the owner. We are the stewards. Amen? We are the managers of God's gifts. That means everything we have, including wealth, God expects us to handle these gifts prudently. I want you to see how, in our text tonight, how a poor widow stretched her faith by obeying God with the gifts that she had possessed. One of the greatest challenges for the child of God is to trust God with our gifts. When our faith is being tested, all of us will experience the trial of our faith. This is a method, of course, that God has designed to build character and fortitude in us. When God gives us a promise, he will take you through a period of testing in order to stretch your faith. So how do we respond when your faith is being challenged? Your faith may be challenged tonight. How do we respond? Most of us become alarmed during our trials. I cannot walk in fear. I must walk by faith. Fear, you see, paralyzes me. Faith propels me into a partnership with God. And God wants us to value our relationships more than we do our money or anything else. Having money and a, a, a lack of money is not the issue with God. God cares about our love. In other words, he cares about our values. And God, church, has a distinct method that he orchestrates to prepare us for breakthroughs. We're gonna, we are doing healing and deliverance tomorrow night and breakthroughs. There are certain things that we can do to prepare ourselves for breakthroughs. It's called creating a space for grace. Creating a space for grace. God will usually perform a breakthrough in our lives when we prepare our hearts. If we want a re revival, we got to prepare our hearts and minds for revival. In Luke 17, 5, the apostles said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. How do you do that? I'd like to have more faith. If that is what pleases God, then I want to have more of it. The question is how? If faith is what makes my life, 
rewarding and fulfilling and confident. How does God build my faith? We, we, all of us in here want greater faith. God builds your faith and my faith by testing it. Amen? Um, James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So if God wants me to live by faith, and if God builds my faith by testing it, then the natural question, how does God do it? Number one, God tests our faith through challenging times. First Peter 1, 6-7. In this you greatly rejoice. Wow. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me, Peter? In this you greatly rejoice. Yes, trial shouldn't eviscerate my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And you and I should not allow problems and, 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 and challenges to eviscerate our faith. Uh, That's a powerful verse. The trials and the problems and the difficulties that come into our lives come to test and to stretch our faith. I want you to see in this narrative in 1 Kings 17 how God will challenge Elijah Elijah and this poor widow's faith during a catastrophic famine in Israel. In Elijah, um, Isaiah rather, as Isaiah 33, 16, God tells us that even in times of famine, you may be in a famine in your life right now. You may be in a spiritual famine, an emotional famine, a financial famine. That even in times of famine, watch this, the bread and water of the righteous will be sure. Isn't that promising? Let me read it again. Even in times of famine, the bread and water of the righteous will be sure. This is a promise that the prophet claim and every child of God should claim today. So the prophet Elijah now is dispatched from the brook that God had sent him. But it was only for a season. He was there at the brook. And, 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 um, and, and the brook had dried up. And, and God tells him now, Elijah, I want you to go to a town called Zarephath. Because God wanted to show him and this widow, that he is more than enough. Elijah, arise and go stay in Zarephath. 
God is about to challenge a widow to trust him even though she had exhausted all her resources. This is a divine connection. God is connecting this woman to Elisha. And God is going to give you divine connections with people that will bless you and will encourage you. Now, the size of your blessing is not determined by the size of your giving, but by the sacrifice of your gift to God. It is not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And by the way, church, when, when preachers come to a church, and it happens at my church, and it may happen at your church, uh, the people say, oh, did, did pastor, did the pastor of this church tell the revival speaker? To what, what's going on in the church? What's going on with this person? And name certain people that are doing things. So when you get up there, you preach about them. <laughs> Pastor Nick doesn't tell me anything <laughs> about what's going on in here. So I'm just going to preach the gospel. Is that all right? Okay. So God is about to test this wither's faith with what she had. Amen? This woman was in a tough place. You may be in a tough place tonight. The land was experiencing a severe famine. And this woman, God will stretch her faith. And so she goes to get some wood to bake the last meal and a little oil and a little flour she had in her house. That was it. She had nothing left. It's gone. She wanted to have her last meal with her son before they were starved to death. This is hardly a woman you would go to and ask to feed you. How many of you know that you cannot figure God out? God will do the seemingly impossible. There is nothing that God cannot do. I'm telling you tonight. It may seem impossible. You may be in an impossible situation, but there's absolutely nothing that God can't do. You may, see, you may say, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I say to you, the old folks used to say, God will make a way out of no way. It may seem Pastor, this one is impossible. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't know, but God knows. And God is my Jehovah Jireh. God is your Jehovah Jireh. And God will make a way somehow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, of all the people, God is going to choose a widow to provide for Elisha. God sends him to a person with tremendous needs. He usually comes to people that are needy. And before God could release his blessings on her, she will have to give something to God. Um, Second Chronicles 69. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself, look at the next word, Strong. Our God is strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God 
is asking her to give up something through which he can work. This woman has to choose. Obey God and live or trust in your reason and resources and die. Reason says, this is all I have left. Maybe some bread. A little bread. She said, a little bread. A little, a little bread. Uh, and so God tells, Elijah tells her, make some bread for me. And, um, and Elijah you know, had some nerves. Here is this poor woman. Has nothing. That's a greedy preacher. And he wants, he wants, he wants bread and all this stuff. But, but she has a choice. Make some bread, eat it and die, or do what God says and have an abundance. If she does not give anything to God, she dies. If she gives what God is asking her to give, it will shape her destiny. As Elijah comes into her town to meet her at the city gate during that time. During that time, you see, meeting at the city gate was crucial. The city gate was where kings and leaders made life-changing decisions. When King David ruled Israel, he stood before his troops to give instructions from the city gate. After his son Absalom died, David mourned, but eventually returned to the city gate along with his people. So the king's appearance at the gate signaled that the mourning was over. And the king was once again attending to the business of governing. And so Elijah meets her now at the gate. And she will have to make a decision that will change her life forever. During this revival, you may have to make a decision that will change your life forever. She has to decide. Likewise, many of us are at the gate and we have to decide whether we will trust God and live or trust in our own resources and reap the consequences. Elijah noticed that she was gathering wood with which she would bake her last meal. He spoke to the woman. Will you bring me a little jar of water so I may drink? Yes, I have that. I have water. But that's all I have. And a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. That's all I have. So, she does not hesitate. En route to getting the water, God is going to challenge her, her faith in a manner that was beyond her ability to understand. So Elijah said to her, and by the way, please bring me a piece of bread. Oil, water, and bread are symbols of the abundance of God. And look at 1 Kings 17, 12. As surely, here's our response. As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar. Look at her language. And a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering, look at the language, a few sticks. 
to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. It's like she was on death row. She's going to have her last meal. But God is sending Elijah as a divine connection. God will give you a word in your season. When you are going through a tough time, God will give you a word. When you are going through a, a, a challenging time, you may be knocked to the ground. You may feel as if though you will never be able to rise, but in those debilitating times, God will give you a word that's the nature of God. Her next move, will determine her destiny. She can either believe God or put her trust in what she has. She can either invite God in her struggle or she can struggle alone. I choose to trust God. So Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. And that's the word of God says to us tonight, do not be afraid. It looks like your world is caving in, but do not be Afraid. I want to encourage. I want to encourage somebody tonight. You are afraid. You are lonely. You don't know what's going to happen. You feel as if though you're confined. You're up against the elements. But God says, "Child of God, do not be afraid. I will never leave you." nor forsake you. Wow. I will be with you when? Always. Even to the very end. Of, what a promise from God. When your family, your spouse, your children, your job gives up on you, God says, I will never give up on you. What a mighty God, we serve. He never gives up on you. Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, wow. But first, make me a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. That's bold. But he was speaking the word of the Lord. Bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Hallelujah. God says, I don't want to be second. I don't want the leftovers. I want your best. Do not take care of all your business and afterwards say, oh, by the way, God, this is all I have left. Surely you will understand. She opens the barrel. 
And she pulls out all she had and made a bread for the man of God. While Elijah was eating, she noticed that she had a lot more than she had taken out. Isn't that just like God? You can't outgive God. God will, will make a way somehow. Every day she got up and looked in the barrel. The barrel was full. I look at God. Why did God send Elijah to this woman? God wanted to stretch and perform a breakthrough in her life. Every breakthrough begins with an act of obedience. We may not see the solution until we take the first step of faith. So here is the second test of faith. God tests our faith with our finance. Now I'm just here to encourage you. I'm just here to encourage the church. God tests our faith with our finance. Did you know that money is one of the greater one of the greatest tests of our faith? And a few people understand how God, our God, uses material possession as a test of our character and as a test of our faith. In the book of Malachi, we see that Israel was estranged from God. They had lost their way. God says to them in Malachi 3, 7, this is revival time, you know. And in revival, we talk about money. So God says to them in Malachi 3, 7, that they had turned away from his instruction. And then he says, return to me and I will return to you. They ask God, how are we to return? God says, before I tell you what to do, let me tell you what you have done. You have robbed me. And then they say, oh, Lord, how, how, Lord? <laughs> Innocent little babies, how have we robbed you? And God says, oh, you don't know? You have robbed me with, in your tithes, an offering, and that's why you have lost your way. And so Malachi 3 didn't bring all the tithes. That's what revival does. Amen, church. You ought to say amen. That's what revival does. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of the heavenly armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. Wow. So God uses finances to test your faith. Have you ever had to decide between paying a bill and tithing? You only have so much. I'm talking about the tests of our faith. It's a test. God is saying, do you really believe that I can take care of your bills? Or do you think you have to take care of them on your own? In effect, God is saying, I dare you. I dare you to see what I will do if you become a giving, generous person. Tithe, and you will see what will happen in your life. 
Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We are almost out of time. This is Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. If you would like to hear and or watch the whole message, please go to our website, rosewoodchurch.ca. Our biggest concern is that you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I encourage you to pray this simple prayer. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus rose from the grave and is now in heaven, preparing a place for all of us who believe. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. If you would like to contact us at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, our phone number is 416-298-9932. Our email is office at rosewoodchurch.ca. This ministry is supported financially by people like you. If you would like to make a donation, you can send your gift by e-transfer to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. That's O-F-F-E-R-I-N-G-S at rosewoodchurch.ca. Or you can mail your check to Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 657 Milner Avenue, Scarborough, Ontario, Thank you for giving to support this preaching and teaching ministry. I'm Pastor Nick, wishing you God's blessings throughout this week. Amen.